If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. And this one's a little bit different because Mike and I are recording this while we're sitting in the sunshine on the wonderful island of Cyprus, staring out at the swimming pool, at the, at the Mediterranean beyond, with the sun bright in the sky and it's absolutely fabulous. And we're in a, uh, a of course, we're in a vacation rental and um, just coming to the end of our week here, so we thought we would uh, we would share with you some of the experiences we've had over the past three weeks. It's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting because we're kind of recording this gorilla style. Uh, we don't have our, our normal mic setup with the, uh, the the nice mics and the boom arms and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we, we just got a little microphone here that we're passing backwards and forwards, so it's definitely gorilla style, but. I'm quite happy to do gorilla style with my feet up, looking at the pool in front. It's uh, this is this is quite nice, and I think uh, both Heather and I have had extensive conversations about the value of being a guest in somebody else's vacation rental, uh, and all the things that um, the, you know, all the things you can take away from that. Well, we thought we'd kick off this one, but just by you know talking about what we've done in the last three weeks, because we've been to three separate. Uh, vacation rental properties, each with a different purpose. Um, we, we came away uh, to, to go to a wedding, to my son's wedding in Germany, but we wanted to kick off with having a few days in England uh, to do some reunioning, to, uh, to meet up with family, meet up with friends. So we wanted to rent something that was, that was big, that was spacious, that would... Uh, we we wanted it to for up to 16 people now this is the first time we've ever done this and and get everybody together in one place so it it was a little bit of a challenge to find the right spot because we had uh, we we were coming over to the UK for what what's called the bank holiday weekend which is is uh, is a week before labor day but very similar a long weekend it's one that that, that many people in england um uh, celebrate just like we do Labor Day. They they <clears throat> go away for a few days with family and friends just to celebrate the last few days of summer. So it was a bit tough to find something that was going to accommodate a lot of people. But we did find this great place uh, in the Peak District of, of England, about an hour from Manchester, which is the airport uh, we arrived at. And, uh, and it was great. Um, tell me your thoughts, Mike. Well, I think the you know to, to dial it back a little bit. I mean, each each phase of this vacation, you know, a week in England, uh, a, a, a weekend in England, a week in Germany, and a week in Cyprus. We had three very different purposes for each of those three stages, and and that was you know very influencing on on our decision. So when we're looking at our uh, 
the property we were picking for England obviously had to be large to accommodate. Um, but also, Andrea and I, I don't think we've actually mentioned it on the podcast, Andrea, my wife, and I um, are huge uh, roller coaster pet fans, and we love to go to theme parks and amusement parks. And one of the things that was quite important to us was being quite close to uh, an amusement park in, in England called Alton Towers. Um, that I grew up going to and absolutely loved. So that was another factor. That there was a geographical factor in terms of where we were picking the location. So we were looking at properties in and around the county of Derbyshire, uh, which is uh, very close to the Peak District, or part of the Peak District. Um, and it is uh, just a beautiful area of the country. So, you know, for, for we had some very specific criteria that we were looking for. We had to have a good sized property fairly close to Alton Towers, um, and there were a couple of things we wanted to make sure we checked off our list, because um, I, I haven't actually been back to England now. I've been in Canada since 2002, and I've only been back once, and that was in 2003, so it's uh, we're now in 2016, so it's been quite some time since I've been back to, to visit some old friends um, who have not had the opportunity to come out to Canada recently. Uh, so I wanted to catch up with friends, um, but there were some things that I've actually missed. Um, going for, for walks and, and, and a hike is, is one of them. Uh, we, can, we do that in Canada, but obviously if you're familiar with the, the walking trail system in, in, in England, it's, it's quite spectacular. Uh, where you can pretty much walk anywhere in the country with uh, groomed paths and, um, and, and ways to get over fences and stuff like that. Um, but we also um, desperately wanted to, uh, or I desperately wanted to uh, go and visit some uh, some local pubs. Definitely been been missing my pub fix for a little while, and some some good local English ale. Um, and so, so, you know, these are quite easy things um, for us to check off. But th- these were some of the criteria that we're thinking of when we're actually looking at uh, at the property in the UK. And I was I was particularly um, concerned with the, the accommodation. Mike Mike was. So a little bit more um, conscious of, of what was the surrounding, but I was thinking, you know, I've, I've got family coming, friends coming. Um, we want the accommodation to uh, take care of all of us so we could all sit down to this great big meal, which I sort of had planned for everybody. Um, so, you know, let, let, let's cut, cut into the chase. The property we chose was perfect. It really was. It, uh, we found it on uh, a home away. And the owner had his own website, and but the, the, my decision re- was really made via the reviews on on HomeAway from from other people who had gone there and had this similar type of reunion. Now this was this was a, a complex of apartments uh, in an old farm that had all been converted. So we had what was called Elliot House and the Dairy, which was in fact the the old cow barn. And and the dairy house, which had been converted to you know wonderful accommodation, or four in the Elliot house, there were four bedrooms, each with an ensuite bathroom, and then the adjacent dairy was a a delightful two bedroom cottage. I mean, you've if you've ever been to England, you would uh, it, it would be, it'd be the quintessential cottage with old stone on the inside and low ceilings and beams, just absolutely beautiful. But what uh, what I wanted to cover off here with each of the properties we went to, and we'll come come on to the other two in a, in a moment. But it was you know what we do as guests as we're walking in the door of a first property, and in fact for the three properties we had very very different um, welcomes from the host. Now all, with with all three, the hosts were on site or very close by, and and with um, Elliot House um, it was. Uh, it was a member of staff that, that greeted us. She just 
came to the door, opened it, and that was it. She said, you know, this is your accommodation. Feel free, just go in, explore. And she disappeared. Now, I have to say, that is the way I, I, I like it to be done. You know, I want to get in and explore on my own. I don't need to be taken around room by room and and shown every amenity and every feature. You know, that's... Um, I, I guess for some people that's that, that would be okay. It, it's not something that I would prefer. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I know. I completely agree. I, I think that it's, it's quite difficult when it's, it's nice to be greeted. Um, I know for my property personally, I phone people when I know that they've arrived. Um, so I think that's, that's, that's a perfectly acceptable greeting. Um, but you, you just want to get in, you're tired from your travel. Uh, you want to dump, dump your stuff, um, grab a refreshment and, and just and just kick back and kind of have, a, have a, a browse around the property to see what there is. You don't really need somebody, unless there's any kind of complicated procedures for operating anything. But I, I think really, you know, if, if you're going to go in and, and show and, you know, welcome somebody into the property, you shouldn't be there for any more than five minutes. Uh, and, and you should be actively trying to, um, to, to walk away and leave them to to enjoy their uh, you know their first impressions. Yeah, edge towards the door. That's <laughs> that's the thing to do. Um, so, I we do the same thing when we walk into any property. It's um, you know you, we we go check out the bedrooms, see who's going to take which room. So really important that you you know we 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 had the information beforehand on on where the bedrooms were, the configuration of the beds. So we had a pretty good idea. Um, we always, I always sit on the bed. You know, I want to feel what the bed's like. This is so important. We're going to get a good night's sleep. I want to make sure there's there's two pillows for me and, and two pillows for Phil. We both like to sleep with two pillows. And if if there's not, then I'm on an immediate hunt for, for spare pillows, which is in not a good thing for, for your guests to be doing. So, you know, it's definitely something to think about that if you've only got, if you've only allocated one pillow per person, you need to think about um, additional pillows. And, you know, the whole bedding issue is, is important on a first impression. And I think what's important is, is decorative pillows don't count as a pillow. Like, if it's a pillow that doesn't get washed, I'm personally, I wouldn't be putting any decorative pillows on a bed that doesn't get washed anyway. Um, but certainly don't count the you know the, the decorative pillow with the decorative sham um, as 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 a as an actual pillow. Um, it, it really is. I think any time you're, you're leaving anything on a bed that is is not meant to be washed, um, you, you just you know there's cross contamination issues between guests, which I think you've got to be very careful of. Yeah, great points. So so yeah, so that, that, that's our that's our first thing. Directly to the bedrooms, check out who's having what bedroom, uh, what, what what bedrooms, beds. Check out the bathrooms. Um, my second thing is straight into the kitchen, and I'm opening every cupboard and every drawer because I want to know what you know. Mike and I cook a lot. Um, unfortunately, on this vacation, I didn't haven't done much cooking because I broke my arm. Um, the day before we uh, we came away on vacation, so uh, I've been splinted up and and not able to cook, but it, it still made no difference. I wanted to go into the kitchen, check out the cupboards, what you know, what sort of pans, pots, um, how many plates, how many glasses, particularly in this first one because we were we were entertaining. We had up to sixteen people. Uh, it was important that we were we were going to have enough of all these things to, um, to, to make this vacation really effortless and seamless. And to give huge credit to Vic Fell, 
the owner of um, of the Elliott House and and the dairy. He and his team just just created the most amazing space. So, what what would you what do you look for first, Mike? Well, I think um, something that we haven't touched on is is the fact that obviously on this trip we were traveling with with our two small girls um, who are four and two. And that was that was a part of the criteria that we forgot to mention is, you know, we had to make sure that each of these properties was going to be suitable for the kids. And, and when we arrive at a property, the first thing is, is what can we do to entertain the girls to allow us to get settled in, um, especially young toddlers. And uh, what was fantastic about Elliot House, and, and this was a very key feature for, for not only us uh, traveling in, but for our friends coming to visit, is that there was an enormous courtyard, which was also a, a small, almost like a petting zoo. Uh, where they had chickens and sheep and peacocks and meerkats and uh, chicken and all, all kinds of other wild fowl um, that the kids were able to actually go and go and feed um, during feeding time, um, and they could also wander around whenever they liked. Uh, and I, th- I think that was a, that was a great feature because they were instantly into that. And as well as that, there was also a, a, a playground on site as well, uh, a small play park. So the kids was instantly entertained beyond going clamber around in this, this really great um, outdoor shed, or in the UK we call it a Wendy house. Um, but it was like a little tiny little um, two-story house that had been built for the kids, along with swings and slides and that kind of stuff. So so that's the first thing that I, I look for when I arrive is, you know, with the two small kids, is what can we get them to do to keep them occupied? Yeah, which which was absolutely great there. Of course, not everybody has the opportunity to have a petting zoo on site or even a, a you know a playground. But certainly, you know, giving consideration if you're if you're if you're having family families come, what can the parents do as with, with their kids as they're unloading the car, um, as they are um, evaluating the place? Is is there something? Is there an amenity? Is there a facility that makes it easy for them? to to do that that's certainly something worth thinking about um the, the the other thing i hadn't mentioned was which is really important to us first impression is to get the get the laptops plugged in and and fired up and check that you know where where's the wi-fi code i think that's probably one of the first things that people say when they walk into the property somebody find me the wi-fi code and and what i liked about um all three places we've stayed at is that the Wi-Fi code was front and center of the welcome book right at the very beginning. You didn't have to go searching for it. You didn't have to um, you know, go, go through the entire welcome book to find it. It was right there on the front page. Really, really useful. So anything else you want to say about um, Elliot House, Mike? One of the things I think is very important is, is, is making sure that if you are finding out that information, um, you know, trying to, and we talked about this in previous podcasts about, you know, rich guest profiling is find out exactly what it is that they want to do and market to that. Uh, I don't think in this case, um, you know, we had the opportunity to give information to, um, uh, to Farmer Vic and, and, and his, his company for Elliott House to, to, to let them know why we were coming there. You know, what was it that we were, we wanted to achieve from that holiday or from that vacation? And I think, that's something that you as an owner or you as a rental agency, that's a huge opportunity you're missing out on is that if you can help your guest achieve what it, what it is that they want to achieve from their vacation by simply asking that question is why are you taking this vacation? What is it that you are hoping to accomplish? I mean, a lot of people would say, I just want to relax and be on, hol- and be on holiday. But some people will say, well, I'm having a reunion. Some people will say, I want to go hiking and find pubs. 
if you can provide them with that information before they arrive, so it's, you can minimize the amount of effort that they have to take while they're at the property um, and just make it as smooth and as easy as possible, you can be guaranteed that they're going to have an even better stay. So moving on to um, our, the next stage of our vacation, we, the, the purpose of the second stage, which was the major purpose of coming on this uh, tour of Europe, was to go to um, my eldest son's wedding, Richard's wedding, in, uh, that was being held in Ostfriesland, which is a part of northwest Germany that, uh, that we'd never been to. And we had absolutely no idea what this, what this place was like. So we had booked the, uh, the property uh, on via booking.com, which, which I have to say is the first time I've done booking.com. Um, it's not a preference of mine from here on. We were not sh- completely sure what we got. The communication with the owner was um, was absolutely minimal, and I mean, we, we, it was it was a pay a very small deposit up front, and then the remainder on arrival, which which is something we're not we're just not used to. But I guess that's uh, that's something that happens. It's a bit more prevalent, perhaps in in some European countries. So we just went with the flow. Uh, we actually had our daughter in uh, our future daughter in law phone the property, speak to the owner, and uh, make sure the property actually existed because it's the only time ever that I've been a little bit under under confident that we were actually booking something um, that was that was genuine. However, it, it was. We arrived. Um, it was a very different place. It was also a, a sort of a, a little townhouse. Um, alongside, it was in a very beautiful area, but the owner had a couple of apartments, a couple of townhouses side by side, um, and he lived on the premises, so he was very easily accessible. His his English was very minimal. Our German was useless because the uh, the language they speak in Ostfriesland is is uh, a different. It's called Platt German. It's different from the usual German. We, we've we've been used to so uh, communication was a little bit um, uh, a little bit challenging. However, we we did manage the property. We we did exactly the same thing as we walked into this property. You know, immediately go to the bedrooms. Who's having what bedroom? It's much smaller. This one just had two bedrooms with an adjoining room for the kids with for Mike and Andrew. So it was a difficult. It was a, a an easy choice to make on um, on who was having which room. Um, going back on bedding, there was one pillow per person, and I and I found that, and and no other ones. So we actually had I actually had a, a fairly uncomfortable five nights in that property because of the bed and the bedding, um, which is a shame because it was it was a really nice spot to a uh, really nice spot to be in. Um, so. We did the same thing, go in, we choose the bedrooms, look for the Wi-Fi access, check all the cupboards in the kitchen, is everything um, available for us? And in fact, there's not a great deal more to say about um, the property in Germany, uh, except you know, th- this, this place again had a, a beautiful outdoor area. It actually had a, a, a large enclosed, small, well, small park with, um, with deer so the kids could go and feed the deer every day. There were horses and beautiful gardens. Um, tell me about um, the Ferienhaus Vika, Mike, um, in, in relation to the kids. 
Oh, I, I think, uh, you know, we, uh, we were talking about with Elliot House, you know, what we're going to get the kids to do while we're getting settled in. Uh, I don't think many people have a big paddock full of little bambies hanging around. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that was, that was quite special, and I, I didn't actually know that that was there. I don't think you did no. either. Um, but it was, it, yeah, that was, that was quite awesome to have. Uh, I think they had probably about six or seven deer with a, with a stag and a doe and a, and a bunch of bambi babies. And it was, it was quite, quite beautiful, but it's not realistic to expect you to go out and, and buy some deer and, and have them <laughs> in your backyard. Um, however, I think that, um, I'm certainly, I, I think for this, this trip, I hadn't done a lot of, you know, it, it wasn't part of, of my, my job to do a lot of the research on, on the properties. And I think that this particular one, certainly we had some, some issues with the, the bedrooms and the configuration um, and also the comfort of the beds. I, I think very little thought had been put into airflow through the property. There was no air conditioning. And it was still quite warm and quite humid um, um, at the time that we visited, but there were no portable fans. Um, and I think it really, really brought home to me the importance of making sure that your guests have the opportunity to, you know, even, the, even if they have to kind of uh, play around with the setup themselves, but give them the opportunity to have the best sleep possible. Because I have to say, after five days of you know partying and, and being with family and, and weddings and all that kind of stuff, each night, if you're not getting a good night's sleep and, and, and recuperating for the next day, you just don't feel rested. Um, and yes, yeah, so, so the, the rooms there... So if I can describe the layout, so um, the there was the main kitchen and, and dining room area, which was quite small, and really it was only it was only suitable for, for four adults, and even that was was tight. Um, you went through a pass through. There was a small room with a door on either end, which had a set of bunk beds in. So you had to walk through that room to get to mine and Andrea's room, which was a, a small room with a double with, with a double bed in it. So the room that the kids were in, once both those doors were closed on both sides, there was actually no airflow in there. There was no window, no fan, no, no ventilation. So we always had to make sure we slept with the doors open because, you know, there was a certain amount of concern of, you know, there's, there's no actual air circulation in there, no fresh oxygen getting into the room. Um, and that, in turn, of course, made the room very warm. Um, our room was warm in the back. So, yeah, so overall it was, it, was, it was not the best experience when it came to the actual, you know, accommodation and amenities. Uh, and actually, touch on amenities. I think one of the, one of the things uh, certainly Heather found this is because you, you get up quite early in the morning. It's just as a natural, you know, she's up very early at five o'clock in the morning before everybody else is up, and that's that's where she answers emails and um, Facebook and all those kind of things. Um, the the router for the internet was turned off at night, and we didn't have access to that. So in the evening, I'm not sure what time it got turned off, but it didn't turn on until about seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. It was very peculiar. I've never experienced that before, yeah. uh, and it was it was not made aware to us that that that, that was what happened. I mean, we we didn't it didn't cause us a huge amount of concern. I mean, we were there for a family wedding. You know, we only had a few things to, to get done each day, but that that's something that you know, internet. Is, I think we all realize now is is almost becoming um, one of the most important aspects of a vacation rental property is making sure, especially if people are traveling from outside of the country, because we didn't get a SIM card for our, to, to have it, um, data to get internet through our mobile devices, so we had to have Wi-Fi. Um, so that's really important. If, if you have a property where people are flying in, if your Wi-Fi is, is not operating correctly, and if you, they don't have uh, unlimited access to internet, and we've, we've been having this discussion recently, that was another thing, is that there was a, there was a two gigabyte limit for the week, 
so both Heather and I are working. Um, the kids like to play on their iPads when we when we give them the opportunity when on vacation. Um, it's you know to, to have that restriction, and you never actually know how much data you're using when you have multiple devices. So, so we'll we'll probably do an entire episode, I think, on on internet and and, and Wi-Fi and data in terms of what you should be thinking about as a vacation rental business. But this is a very very important aspect that can really affect somebody's vacation. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I wherever I go, um, I don't let up. I very rarely have a complete day where I'm not accessing the internet at some point. So it, it, it just is. So somebody, we, we had a, a guest, um, a cottage link rental management guest, a couple of, um, a, a year ago or so, asking about a property, and, and we said it, um, it didn't have Wi-Fi. And she said, really? She said, these days, Wi-Fi is as important as water. And we sort of laughed at that a little bit. You know, this is um, yeah, yeah, first world stuff. But I could not happily go and stay somewhere where there was no Wi-Fi. And even this morning, I, I got up and did the, 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 the Wi-Fi at, um, at the place we're at, Villa Carpe Diem, is incredibly stable. It's fast. And this morning when I got up and I was doing some emails and then the connection dropped and it was and I was, oh, well, what do I do now? And in fact, it was only gone for about uh, about two minutes, but I'm immediately in panic mode. You know, I've got these things to do today. What would I do if the Internet's gone out? And so I know it's not always I know it's not always possible to have stable Internet all the time. It, it, it's just one of those things that we really have to give huge consideration to. Um, because it's going, it's never going to go away. It will always be important. I think something else to consider as well, especially with this particular property, because again, we were flying in, so, so we were we were not native guests, um, and obviously, language was going to be an issue. So, I think it's worth looking at your property in terms of the demographics of the people who are coming to stay with you. Are they flying in from abroad? Um, we'll, we'll talk to Andy and Nikki in, in a moment, uh, who are the owners of Carpe Diem. Um, but you know you, you have issues with language barriers, maybe. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely worth looking at if you have signage in your property that's just in English. Um, maybe it's worth um, paying particular attention to that when guests are booking to make sure that they are um, you know comfortable with English as their first language, or certainly English as you know a very good uh, you know they're very good with their second language. And, and, and I know that people listening to this podcast are from all over the world, so. I think just just look at your native language. Do you need to provide information in uh, in, the, in the language of the people who are coming to stay at your property? Um, because there were several signs uh, at this property in Germany that we, we, we had no idea what they meant. Uh, and we had to spend quite some time um, on Google um, trying to do the Google Translate to, to try and figure out exactly what everything meant. And it's understandable. I mean, if the majority of your guests are just local and they're just, you know, that they're coming from the local native um, uh, country, um, it's very understandable to have all those signs in the native language. But just consider when you do have guests coming in that you are kind of catering to, again, make things as easy and as smooth as possible for them. I just want to uh, just just backtrack a little bit. Something you know, it just came to mind, and I was thinking about um, what about first impressions again. Uh, out of the three properties we've stayed in. Uh, in the Elliott House, um, Ferriana House Vika, and um, Villa Carpe Diem here. When we arrived, each one of them 
had um, a basket with with you know a guest gift at um, at Elliot House. It was it was fairly minimal, but it it was it was very welcome. Um, we just we just arrived in the country, um, eight hour flight from um, from Canada. Got to Manchester, got in the cars, drove to the property. We did stop for some um, for, for, for groceries on the way. In fact, no, we didn't. We we didn't. We got to the property and then we went out for groceries. So we were all you know, a bit hungry when we got there, and it was so nice just to have, you know, there, there were some some cookies. There were a couple of packets of cookies there, um, at least to give the kids something, just just to keep us going for um, for, for for an hour or so until we went out shopping. Um, a Ferrian House Vika. There was a big basket of, of fruit, which you know we walked in again. We had just arrived at Amsterdam. We picked up the car. We'd driven three hours, um, so the, the kids just fell on the fruit. It was wonderful um, here at Villa Carpadium. Now that was something else because the fridge was full. In the uh, the owners, Andy and Nikki, who are going to talk to in a second, um, they they understand about their guests. All their guests fly in and. You know, often are flying from a long way. They they pick up the rental car, come straight to the property. So actually, we just loved it because we didn't arrive until eight o'clock at night, and we found in in the fridge there was milk, there was beer, there was orange juice, there were drinks for the kids, there was a basket, there was a bowl of fruit. It, it there were eggs, there was ham and bread, and you know we had a meal virtually left for us, which was fantastic. I. I Cannot thank Andy and Nikki enough for that. But they know their demographic. They know what people are wanting when they walk through the door. So just wrapping up on Ferrin House Vika, it, it was it was a great accommodation for for the purpose we were there for. I think there were some things that they 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 could make improvement on. There was one thing there that um, Mike came away with thinking that uh, thinking about his own place at uh, Seabreeze that he might incorporate. So I'll pass over to. Mike, just for him to talk about the children's playground. Yeah, I mean, I, we talked about earlier that it's, it's it's a lot to you know go out and get some deer in your backyard. I get that, um, but it's not a lot to look at kids' playgrounds. And, and before you take that deep in breath and, and all you think is liability, take a chill pill. Um, I, I think you, you have to look at. Um, yes, there are issues with liability with kids' playgrounds, and, and I think we just need to all calm down a little bit with, with kids hurting themselves, because they do hurt themselves. There's nothing you can do about that. They'll hurt themselves falling off the dining room table uh, chair. Um, so to add the addition of a playground, it's just obviously make sure that whatever you're, if you choose to buy one, just go to Costco or to, um, to any big box store. Um, and you can even buy them secondhand too. And I think that that's something that Andrew and I have definitely decided is that for us at Seabreeze, we have this, this beautiful big garden, and we do provide a whole bunch of games and toys, but watching our kids um, with this small play set and a sandbox, and a little, and a, this was another place that had a little shed that had been converted into a, a Wendy house, uh, or a little, little playhouse, um, is that they were literally in there for hours, and it was wonderful because they, they as parents, that's the one thing that I want to do on vacation, is I want to actually be able to relax. And if my kids are constantly on top of me, Daddy, can I do this? Daddy, can we do that? Can we do this? Can we do that? And the last thing I want to hear is, Daddy, I want to play with my iPad. Dad, iPad, iPad, iPad. I want them to be able to spend more time outside, spend more time away from devices, and that's difficult these days. But you have to, as a rental owner or as a, as a manager, is look at opportunities or look where 
parents can go with their kids or even if you can provide it in the property and that allows them to you know have their own little vacation as well and this playset was was fantastic it really was um tons of buckets and shovels and they played for hours uh, pretend picnics and meals and it was absolutely wonderful to watch, uh, and especially for two sisters who are normally trying to kill each other. Um, it was it was wonderful to see them playing and just really enjoying each other's company. And we didn't actually have to, to leave our patio. We could sit on our patio with a beer, watch them over in the play, little playground area, and, and they just had the, the most perfect time. Yeah, I'm thinking about that for, for, for my property as well, just the sandbox and, and this small playhouse. Um, because watching those two, as Mike says, for hours just um as as we were you know meeting with friends um and and having conversations and having a few drinks and the kids were just so happy and there were no real demands so i just want to add one more point on that and that is if you do not already have a a, a play park or a, or a little play set or a sandbox and you, and you think, okay, that's a great idea. That's something I can do. It's fairly inexpensive. Make sure you situate it somewhere where the parents are, where they're going to be comfortable too. Um, anybody who's out there who's got kids, you know there is a breed of what we call helicopter parents. Parents who literally want to stand three feet from their child because they want to build it or no one doesn't want to see them, um, but make sure they don't hurt themselves. But do the best you can to situate your, your, your play area or your sandbox in an area where parents can either sit on a recliner or sit at a you know, table and chair where they can sit and relax as well. Um, uh, there's only so much you can do. I mean, you know, we, we've all seen the parents at the playgrounds. Um, but just give them the opportunity to be able to sit down as we could, to sit down, relax with a beer, and we can still watch the kids playing uh, and make sure they're not getting into any mischief. So on to our, our final stage of the vacation, which was the holiday. So we had reunion, wedding, and now holiday. And we did it in absolutely the perfect order because we were pretty um, exhausted after five days in, in Germany um, and all the wedding celebrations, and which was absolutely wonderful. But to actually get here to wake up the morning after we arrived and come out to the sparkling swimming pool, um, all the sunbeds and and you know, just all the amenities that Nikki and Andy have provided was just was was yeah it was it's more than perfect here. Um, we decided that um, while while we were here we we talked to um, to Andy and uh, Nikki. Now some of you who've who've listened to some previous podcasts will remember that Andy was a guest on the podcast a few months ago, um, because Villa Carpe Diem is, is one of the most accessible properties um, I've ever seen. Um, Andy um, created the property with accessibility and, and disabled guests in mind. And you can go back, Mike, we'll, we'll put a link to that podcast uh, in the show notes. So, you know, if, if, you, if, if you're thinking of building a property or um, retrofitting a property for um, for, for dis, uh, disability access, then it's really worthwhile looking at that because th- this this place has it all. And I'm not going to say much more about it. I think Mike uh, Mike's been talking about doing a blog a blog post that is um, focused on um, disability and uh, and accessible properties. Yeah, I'm going to go into that. And uh, you know what? Well, I'm going to step out and let you talk to uh, Andy and Nikki because I can just see them coming up the hill now. Um, so I'm going to go take a dip in the pool. Yeah, 
So here I am with Andy and Nikki Reynolds of who the the proud owners of Villa Carpadium and it is just fabulous here. Sadly, it will have to come to an end. I just wanted to take this time to sit down with with Andy and Nikki, thank them so much for providing the most amazing place and actually talk to them a little bit about how um how we we book the place, uh how we're experiencing it and how they are enjoying being owners. So um Andy, welcome. Hi Heather, thanks for the introduction. Good to have you here. It's, uh, as I say, it's absolutely wonderful to be here. Nikki, hello. Thank you very much for the kind comments and <laughs> hello to everybody. <laughs> um, let, let's, let's kick off with how your year's been so far because um, I, I know when uh, we looked to book, the it, it looked pretty booked up throughout the summer and I had never been to Cyprus before. I've heard about it a lot from Phil he was here for many years in the uh, in the military, um, and and he told me that you do have seasons. It just you know we get the impression here in this what thirty two degrees of heat and the swimming pool that it's like that all year round. But tell me a little bit about the seasons. Okay, the the seasons run from spring to summer to second spring, and then to a kind of a winter. There's a couple of months, February and March, when things get by our standards, cold. Um, by a lot of people's standards, not particularly cold. And then we come into spring, and the feeling that you get is is that the temperature climbs uh, on, a, on, a, on a given day. It stays stable for a while, and then it ramps up again, and it ramps up again towards summer. And then we get into September now, and you've sort of said, you know, that it feels quite hot here in September. This is now starting to feel fairly cool for us we've experienced temperatures of up to 40 degrees c uh, in the summer and that is that that is you know hot and humid here um, but the sunshine has been ever present with us now since kind of mid-may so many many months of uh, ongoing sunshine and uh, just joyous weather really i mean we we've, we've just enjoyed most the most stunning um stunning weather so yeah i can i can see coming coming over here in in maybe April time, April, May would be absolutely wonderful too. I just want to move on to um, you know, our experience. Uh, we've come over here as a family. There's myself and Phil, Mike and uh, Andrea and the two children. And, and we've, we've gone to the, the, the three separate places. Out of the three places we booked, we found your process to be far superior in terms of simplicity, professionalism, and administration and interestingly we booked directly through your website <laughs> um we the others we used um we used home away for one and booking.com for the other and um, and this really goes to what we've been talking about in in many of the podcasts previously about this listing site independence being independent of of the big sites um and and it's quite nice to see it from a guest perspective that I felt more confident mm. about booking this through your website than I did about using any home away Airbnb. And we did try an Airbnb one for a place in Amsterdam, and I found that a really weird process. Um, what about your perspective, um, Andy, um, from taking bookings through your own website as opposed to the other um, advertising sites you use? Historically, we started out with uh, home away. And um, 
in the early years, they were great for us. Um, but as a lot of other uh, vacation rental owners have discovered, um, there is um, a need to be able to create your own space on the web so that people can find you, so that you can better tell your story and start the communication process with your guests. Um, I think that every vacation rental property is special, and if it isn't special, you've got to ask yourself the question, why haven't you made it special for, for your guests? We have gone now through at least a couple of iterations of our website. We started off, uh, first of all, with one that I did. Um, then we had one which was done by a, a very professional uh, Australian who came, actually came and stayed with us as part of another program that we're involved in called Work Away, where you get volunteers who come and stay with you in the off-season. You provide them with accommodation and food and cultural experiences, and they then give you their time and their skills. That was a great exchange, and it got us into the way of seeing that our website could be better for us and for our guests. Um, the third iteration is the one that's currently out there now, um, which was done by uh, a professional website designer for us. And it gives us the space then to, to better tell our story to people and, as was your experience, you know, to communicate with our guests or potential guests in a way that answers their questions for them. And given the community um, that, that there is, that, that we're working with, uh, the disabled community, uh, people with access needs, what we find is, is that we tend to have conversations with people that can go on for many, many months, uh, lots of emails exchanged about very, very fine detail that the able-bodied community wouldn't necessarily need or choose to go into. But for um, a wheelchair traveller, these things are essential for them. Um, they're, they're the things that, that can either make or break their holiday. Um, one, one thing that, we'd, that, that I found so simplistic was your administrative process. And I understand you use Zoho for, um, for, for, for the paperwork. Can you just uh, tell us a little bit about that and you know what process you actually you know, is, is it a process that comes from Zoho or did you create something and then are using Zoho as the platform to deliver it? Uh, it's part of this um, adopt, adapt and just keep trying to move things forward. I've looked at other systems but at the moment Zoho is something that I picked up on and I'm working with um, in a way that seems to give us the, the tools that we need because we're not a huge business uh, and so if we were to incur huge overheads in particular areas and we're using Zoho free of charge at the moment um, you know something that meets our needs and delivers a good customer experience is, is spot on. Well that's excellent and I, uh, I, I looked up I, I picked up on that because it looks so it, it looks so professional uh, far, and again, far superior from what I was getting from Booking.com and uh, HomeAway. So, so yeah, it just, it just, I think, goes to show that every vacation rental owner should be, if if they haven't got their own website at the moment, that's something they should be striving for. Mm. Um, we found it really reassuring that you live close by, and and you know, once we, we did in. Not so much in England that we had we had the owner fairly close by, but we certainly did in Germany, 
Um, but here, because we're coming to somewhere, you know, completely different country, we are, um, you know, unsighted on all the things to do. And I know you've helped Mike out with, um, with finding a dive trip. Um, also, you helped us out hugely on the night we arrived when, uh, when we were those renters and, and hadn't bought the address. <laughs> one of those things that we, we experience every year with our, with our management companies that people just don't read the stuff they're sent. Well, we actually had read it, but uh, it, was, um, it was on phones and iPads that we didn't have access to once we got into country. So thank you so much for helping us out. <laughs> You're welcome. Finding our way. Um, so we found it reassuring you're, you're, you're close by. What happens when you're away? How important is your, your backup service? I'm going to ask that one to you, Nikki. You know, when, um, when, when you go away, what do you do? Uh, well, we don't go away at the moment. <laughs> um, we, what we might do is, uh, you know, a couple of, a couple of days away, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wouldn't go off island at the moment. Um, we, as, as Andy was saying, we, we, we don't actually have um, a, a, a backup team at the moment, apart from a wonderful cleaning lady um, who, comes in, who comes in and helps us. Um, it's one of the things that, that we'll be thinking about for the future, is, mm-hmm. is, is, what, we, is what we do. Um, it was interesting you mentioned the um, cleaning lady, because mm. that, that, was, that was one of my questions, was, mm. uh, you know, do you do your own cleaning? Because I know I used to do my own cleaning in, in my cottages, and I mean, we get very proprietorial, don't we? Mm. And I used to walk in, and it didn't matter who'd been there, if it's like, oh, my goodness, they've left a mess. Um, when they were the nicest possible people. Mm. Um, but now my cleaning lady goes in and I tell her, do not tell me if, you know, what, what mm. the condition of the place is in. If you can get it turned around in the, in the four or five hours between guests, I don't need to know that. Is, is that something that you subscribe to now? No, we, we are still uh, involved in the, in the yeah. cleaning. Um, she comes and, and, and we work together on it. And yes, it is difficult sometimes to... Uh, to divorce yourself from the mess that somebody's made yes you 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 do have to take a step back and and say okay it's it's a holiday place and things are going to get broken and people are going to go in the swimming pool covered in suntan oil and uh, and stuff like that and uh, you kind of have to roll with the punches really yeah, we are very glad you've got the outdoor shower. I mean, those, those kids spend <laughs> spend half their life uh, having suntan lotion put on and then washing it off before they get into the pool. In the years you've operated the business, uh, how many how many years has it been? We first started in a very very small way back in about two thousand and seven. So, so oh gosh, two thousand seven. So we're 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 into about um, nine, nine years, years. Nine years now. Nine seasons. So in in those years, then what what sort of feedback have you had from guests that's resulted in you making changes? That's an intriguing question. We've enjoyed extremely positive feedback from the majority of our guests. Uh, so what we've tried to do is learn about things around the edges and think about the things that we would want to see. So, for instance, um, the internet, which we all take for granted, is something that in the early days here was extremely challenging to provide. So we worked, again, iteratively, you know, 
finding the best possible solution that we could, going stage by stage to get to where we are today, which touch wood it hopefully is pretty good and hopefully is pretty seamless for people to be able to use. So the idea is is that we want to give people the experience that we would hope to enjoy ourselves. And when it comes to people needing accessible accommodation, um, we've lent back on our friend and guide, um, Dave Croft. And Dave, bless him, was the guy that we decide, that, that we designed the accessible accommodation around. And it was a conversation here, where we're sitting now with, with Dave. And he said to me, Andy, why don't you rent your villa out to others who need accessible accommodation? And my response to Dave was, well, Dave, frankly, I'm, I'm not sure that it's good enough. And he came back to me and said, not good enough. He said, it's better than almost all of the places that I've ever stayed in. And so I suppose that is reflecting back on the things that we learn from people that, that, that come here to, 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 to stay. And we just, we, we try and, you know, we try and anticipate people's needs and we try and do things for them and, uh, you know, in the off-air conversation that we had when Mike was talking about charging stations, you know, put that one away mentally and then go away and have a look at what we might do about things like that. Um, in, terms of, in terms of other feedback from guests, I'm, I, I, I really would be scratching my head to kind of, um, you know, think about things where people have said something to us that we then thought, ah, oh, yes, we must go out and do that. Mm. Uh, the... I think some of the, the main improvements that, that we have made have been around the accessible side. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave obviously gave us a huge start in, in giving us feedback about what was necessary. Um, but in, within ensuing um, guests who, who had access issues, I think the feedback that they've given us um, has been enormously helpful with things like, you know, we need a hoist to get into the pool. Um, the the sling that you gave us, you know, the straps needed to be longer to make it easier for us to do that, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the main area where we've taken feedback from from guests and actually done some done something about it. Well, you have a you have a very specific niche here with the accessible accommodation. So yes, I can I can imagine that that you're rather than more generalised feedback, it's the very specialised. Um, um, testimonials that you're getting that's, that's enabling you to continue to improve the the, the accommodation mm. for those those very specialised guests. Just going back a little bit onto the uh, the, the tools that you use for um, for, for uh, the administration of of the business. Do you use any any online platforms at all? Um, well, in terms of tools, yes, I do. I I use um, Evernote. Um, I also use a thing called Wonderlist, which I think is incredibly good. It's a, a to-do list, uh, which really does keep things in front of your face. Um, and then, so hopefully think not too many things slip through, through the cracks. Um, I, I'm also conscious of the, um, the idea that... Um, that, that email and mail and so on and so forth, communication should be seen to come either from us or from the business. So again, that's one of the features of using uh, Zoho. Uh, Zoho Mail allows us to do that. Um, but th- that said, I also you know, use Gmail because uh, Google is an, 
an immensely powerful tool and it's so important. Uh, The website itself runs on WordPress, uh, which is, if not ubiquitous, is certainly becoming um, one of the highly regarded platforms. So Twitter, social, uh, you know, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, where we have a presence across those things. Um, And one of the things that I didn't say about our website that I think is colossally important is the fact that it it is responsive and mobile uh, friendly. Um, And we're starting to see now in the Google Analytics that we're getting back, you know, the importance of... um, mobile to people when they are considering what they do about their holiday destination. And what about your payment processing? Um, Are you using any system, any online system? Um, I've endeavoured to uh, get Stripe added into our website. We're at the stage where we're partially there, but it's not totally functional at the moment. Um, And by next season, I'd like to have that, that fully functional. So it gives people another way to pay Um, but at at the moment people seem to be uh, one of the things that that I think is important for people is to have identified the fact that we are real people so that we are who we say we are so again for next season one of the things I see us uh, doing is um, the video handshake uh, for people so that they can put a a face to a voice or a face and a voice to the email communication. And I think that that will be important um, in terms of securing people's confidence um, about payments. One of the other things that we've done this season, which is new for us, is that we've actually had a guest who wants to come and stay here in 2017. And they were not in a position to make uh, the, the deposit and then the payment as, you know, one payment and the second payment, like two chunks of money. So we've actually facilitated them being able to make regular monthly payments between the date of the booking and the date of the holiday. Now, that wouldn't necessarily occur as being, you know, something that you might need or choose to do, but it's been pretty easy to do. It's meant we've had communication with the the guests, you know, about other matters uh, along the way. And there, you know, it's getting closer and closer to them being able to enjoy a holiday, which Mm -hmm. if we hadn't been flexible in that way, they might not have been able to pick up on. So food for thought there. I love that. It's uh, that that's something you don't hear of often, you know, a flexible payment scheme. And I think that's perhaps, uh, you know, something that more people should be, uh, be considering. So just as a quick wrap up, I think, um, you know, I just wanted to, to, to let you know publicly how, how, how much we have loved staying here at Villa Carpe Diem. Um, a couple of things. I have mentioned the, um, the charging station, the desk, which is, you know, we, every t- we, we, Mike and I talk about first impressions a lot. Um, when we walk into a place, you know, what is that first impression and, and how, how it impacts us? You know, you the, the, there was the um, the things that you provided when we walk in. I love to see a bowl of fruit. I think that's fantastic. <laughs> so you know, to, to have fruit, to have food in the fridge when we um, when um, when we arrived late and we were able to feed the kids. That was amazing. Um, the guys certainly appreciated a couple of beers. 
it you know you made us so welcome and that first impression is just um it's just paramount um you know i always called it the wow factor and this definitely has the wow factor just two other things one is your bookcases i love to see full bookcases (laughs) and which one of you is a foodie (laughs) <laughs> that's Nikki <laughs> um, is a foodie because there's so many recipe books in that in that bookcase yeah, and I yes. you know we've, we've spent a lot a lot of time um, reading reading through those or looking through those and uh, and I particularly liked the three volumes of Seth Godin's book <laughs> um, which one what, what, what's that one called <laughs> the Icarus Deception so I've been reading through that one and and the third thing is is the absolutely wonderfully equipped kitchen I mean, for, that is just amazing having having such a great kitchen. So um, yeah, just wanted to thank you both um, so much for being fabulous hosts, You're for so making welcome. us feel amazingly welcome. And I know you know this is something that every guest gets because we've we've read through every testimonial on on um, on uh, home away, and uh, you know hopefully we'll be back again. So to don't go um, giving up on Villa Carpadium anytime soon. <laughs> so thank you, Nikki. Thanks a lot for joining me. Thank you very much, Heather. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been really great to um, have you guys here um, from meeting up virtually <laughs> on Twitter, which I, which I think was the first place that um, I came across you, Heather, with you know Cottage Blogger, and then getting into that whole thing, then the vacation rental formula, and then your um, choosing to come and stay with us, which... It felt like a double-edged sword. It was like, oh, my goodness me. (laughs) We've got this very significant person in the vacation rental industry who wants to come and stay here. But look at the other side of the coin, and we've got the opportunity to learn so much more from you by having you here. And it's been really great to welcome you here and have you come and stay. And if you choose to come back, we'd be delighted to welcome you. Well, we can't wait. So from, from Phil, Mike, Andrea, and the kids, thank you again. So that was that was great having the opportunity to talk to the owners of a property that we stayed in and actually get um, you know that to get their view on on being an an owner. So thanks so much, Andy and Nikki. Um, they're members of the Vacation Rental Formula. Mike will talk about that just in a second. Um, but I I just wanted to sort of wrap up here by 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 saying that you know if if there was legislation on how to operate a vacation rental and that you had to do certain things before you were allowed to open it, open your vacation rental property up to the public. I would put a clause in there to say that you could not operate a vacation rental unless you have experienced going to a property um, similar to your own. So if you've got a property that, that accommodates 16 people, you need to go to a property and take 16 people with you to understand what it's like, what, you know, to, to experience everything that that group will experience. Because really, it's only through doing that that you can truly understand what the guest experience is going to be. I think that, yeah, the value in that, um, is that, you know, every single time that we've gone away, and we tend to do a podcast episode about every property we stay in, um, we just cannot stress enough the importance of being a vacation rental guest. Uh, already on this trip, we, Andrew and I have picked up some things that we're going to change. 
um, some things we're going to make sure that we don't fail on um, and things we're going to improve upon. Um, and it, it's really essential to, you know, take that time um, to listen to your guests, find out what it is that they, that they want to achieve from their, their vacation or their holiday. Make sure that you are providing them with the easiest way possible for them to experience exactly what it is they want to experience. If they want a romantic getaway, if they want uh, an office away from home, if they want a reunion, if they want any of those kind of things, make sure you're providing them. And I'm not talking about amenities. I'm talking about with the, the information that they need to help them as easily as possible accomplish what it is that they're, that they're hoping to experience as part of their vacation rental. So there hasn't really been enough time in this podcast to cover absolutely everything we learnt from the past three weeks. So um, over the next um, week or so, I am putting together a blog post that is covering this far more in depth. Um, you know, not not so much from our experience, you know, the experiential side of it, but more from the practical um, and pragmatic. Um, perception of a guest you know what is what is it that is really important as a guest so uh, as soon as that blog post is up that's going to go in the show notes as well so from from Mike and I um, it's it's a wrap and a thank you so much for listening to this episode regarding the vacation rental formula as always uh, vacation rental formula is, uh, is a private members um, only a website where we provide uh, action plans and resources and information and, and deals um, to help you in your vacation rental business. And uh, with that, um, we hope to see you inside. You can head across to vacationrentalformula.com. Uh, check it out, see what you think, uh, and join. And we have a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you join, you're not completely happy, uh, which I know you will be because our, our Formula Club, uh, all our members in there are all the time talking to each other and sharing great knowledge and, uh, and information. So that's one of our best resources. Um, but yes, you have 30 days to money-back guarantee. Uh, so if, if you're not happy, you can uh, get a full refund. But I know you're going to find so much information in there. So until next time, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. And I'll talk to you again very soon. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over. But don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.